0: Are you stuck on where to start when it comes to getting in shape, feeling more confident in your body or eating right? I wanna break the idea that you have to stick to a diet and crazy workout routine in order to be healthy and reach your goals. Hi guys, I'm Emily Kaufman. I was a burnt out division one athlete, turned stay at home couch potato, now turned group fitness junkie. If you're ready to ditch finding the perfect diet and workout routines that make you feel weak, this is the place for you. Welcome to the tribe. Girls Gone Healthy. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode. We're going to be joined by Izzy. Izzy is someone who's living with multiple autoimmune diseases and was diagnosed at the age of 15. And we really talk about just the unknowns in her life. She doesn't know what her future might look like. She doesn't know how her body's going to feel day to day. And that can be something that's really stressful. A lot of people think that Unknowns are stressful. They don't know how to deal with them in their life. They don't know how to go about their future if they don't see a clear pathway there. And so we really deep dive into her mindset with it, how she copes with it and handles it. So I think that we all have a lot to learn from Izzy. But right before we go into that, I did want to read this week's review of the week from Apple podcast. So if you haven't left a review yet, please go leave one now. I would really appreciate hearing from you. So this one is from That Green Dress. She said, approachable and digestible. I often feel overwhelmed when it comes to nutrition and exercise. There is just so much information to sift through. Emily brings real voice to these topics and offers simple ideas for making meaningful change. So grateful to have found her podcast. Thank you, That Green Dress, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, I'm joined today by Izzy. Izzy's an autoimmune warrior who started learning about the wellness industry at the age of 15 when she was first diagnosed. She then started to live a healthier lifestyle and learn more about natural healing. After spending her time in school pretty ill, she then started studying and learning more about the holistic fitness and nutrition. She went on to compete in bikini fitness shows and bodybuilding, so basically just turning her diagnosis into something that couldn't stop her. She now has her own online coaching practice where she helps women do the same. So thanks for joining us today, Izzy.
1: Thank you so much, Emily. That was a great introduction. (laughs) Yeah, where are you joining us today from? I'm actually in Africa, in a tiny country called Swaziland. Um, We've got a king, and he recently changed the name to Eswatini. So, fun fact for the day. (laughs) That's
0: very interesting. And for everyone else who might not know where that is, because I had to look it up, (laughs) it's right above South Africa. That's correct, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We're basically landlocked by South Africa, and we also border Mozambique. So, yeah. Oh, wow. That's so
0: interesting. Well, thank you for coming on today. I was just wondering if you could explain for a minute what an auto immune disease actually is and what it typically looks like
1: so an autoimmune we all have a bit of autoimmunity within us but those with autoimmune disease basically our bodies just take it a step further so it's either because a pathogen you know enters our body and our body cannot find it um, our body endos, ends up attacking organs rather than the pathogen um, it basically is a, a form of your body attacking itself rather than attacking an illness or a virus or a bacteria your body kind of turns on itself. And depending on your predisposition, this autoimmune can look different. So there are about almost 100 autoimmune diseases in the world today, including Alzheimer's. they now considered diabetes, autoimmune, um, lupus. So just depending what your predisposition is, that's what it will attack. So for me, lupus means it's attacking my, my whole system. Basically every organ is a threat. Um, something like diabetes would be your insulin, your pancreas, And Alzheimer's would be your brain. And there's things like Sjogren's, there's rheumatoid arthritis, there's polycystic ovaries. So just depending on on what your body feels, the need to attack.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely a lot to take in at such a young age, too, because this isn't something that you might be able to see from the outside. So other people might not know that you're dealing with it. And then also, it's something that you kind of have to keep at the back of your mind every day because you never know when the flare ups are coming, things like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is always on your mind, whether you're in pain or not, because of the way that you eat, the way that you move, the way that people address you. You know, I I didn't really party much when I was younger. I couldn't really go out and get drunk. So, you know, that's another side of it where people are like, well, they judge you. They can't see that you're ill because you look well. And then they judge you for making certain choices, not understanding that those choices are keeping you healthy and looking more normal wow
0: and i just wanted to walk through your own health journey a little bit so i know that you were diagnosed at an early age but how did you go from that initial diagnosis to then saying yeah i'm going to compete in bodybuilding competitions
1: (laughs) i know that's quite a, a crazy contrast right so i think it was just a matter of through the years a lot of people always told me i was inspiring and how i just carried on living and doing so many jobs and working with people was so amazing And at some point, I just said to myself, like, I don't want to, you know, one day when I'm 40 or 50, say, what if? Um, I don't want to get to the point where I've left, you know, with music still inside me. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's saying I often hear it. I didn't want to get to the point where I regret leaving things behind because doctors always told me you can't do this, you can't do that. And I just took it upon myself to do what I wanted, really. You know, I wanted to see how far I could push my body and how more inspiring I could possibly be.
0: <laughs> yeah. So when you first got that diagnosis, was there a point of time where you're like, okay, that's it. Like I have to stop doing all these activities and the lifestyle that I was living?
1: Yeah, so because I was so young, um that was probably the hardest part. Um doctors told me straight away, training needs to change, diet needs to completely change. Um medication, I was on about 18 medications a day and Yeah. So at that point, I think it was just intuitive. I said to myself, something else needs to change. Like there's got to be more to it than easy, just drop your life and be miserable. You know, I wanted to still do the things I loved and find a way to kind of make it work within my diagnosis.
0: Yeah. So their first course of action was trying to make diet and exercise changes.
1: Yeah, so the first course of action was insane diet changes, actually, especially for a 15-year-old. The doctor put me on a diet that was very high protein. Um, it, had a, it actually had a lot of wheat and gluten in it, so that was a bit, you know, it didn't make sense to me. Um, and included a lot of dairy, so he made me eat a lot of cheese. But for someone who, I was addicted to sugar. Um, and I'd never even thought about diets before at 15. I know nowadays that's quite different. A lot of children younger than that are already placed on diets and, you know, self image is a big thing at that point. I didn't know about diets. It wasn't, you know, something that occurred to me. So for them to do that and overhaul the diet was, it was a huge shift for me.
0: Yeah, I bet. Cause thinking back to when I was 15, I would just eat whatever my mom put on the table. Like yeah. I wasn't thinking about how different foods affect my body. So that's definitely a really early age to have to be thinking about all that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it was. And it also came down to a lot of body image at that point because it was like, well, you need to maintain your weight because the medication I'm putting you on, you cannot fluctuate. You cannot gain a kilo or two. You cannot lose a kilo or two. You need to maintain. So for me, that was that was, yeah, a bit much for a 15-year-old.
0: Wow, that is a lot of stress too, on top of just finding out about this. So did you find that your body changed when you started the medication?
1: It did. Um, I was on the medication for about eight years. I was on thyroid meds as well, stomach meds, eventually even moving on to heart medications. And I did find my body changed, my appetite as well, my energy as well. So there was a lot to deal with on top of the ill feelings because I didn't find that the medication actually made me feel better. I just had more side effects to deal with.
0: Yeah. Wow. So I know that you said that you took medication for this for about eight years, but that means that you're completely off it now.
1: Yeah. So luckily I worked through holistic healing methods. I haven't been on medication for about... I'd say seven or eight years now. Um, I do still take hormones for my polycystic ovaries because of the fact that I live in such an intense lifestyle with teaching lots of fitness classes, working three different jobs. So other than that, the other 18 or 17 that I was on are all gone. So thankfully, I worked my way through that.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Can you talk to us about what changes you made In your fitness and nutrition approach that let you lean off of this
1: medication? It started with me studying a little bit more into nutrition. I wasn't happy with what the doctor had set me out to do with all the meat and the wheat and the dairy. So I instantly just wanted to learn more. And I basically cut out quite a few different foods from my diet just to help lower the inflammation and that worked wonderfully. I find that now if I consume those foods, I don't react the same. I do feel I gave my body enough time to repair. Fitness-wise, it's very interesting. I started out very basic with Pilates, with yoga, and I've taken it to the next level, but I am very cautious. So I do know with autoimmune disease, I cannot do HIIT workouts every day of the week. I can't do heavy weight training every day of the week. I've tried to just listen to my body more, where when I was younger, it was like, just do what the doctor tells you. I did learn that it's more about, let me listen to what my body wants and needs as of right now.
0: Yeah, that's definitely great that you did that because that'd be a long way to live if you had to go to the doctors for everything, but you've kind of found a way to take their advice and make it more applicable to your life. And then because of that, you transferred from, okay, I'm going to only do Pilates to then you went into the bodybuilding field.
1: Yeah, that was that was very drastic. <laughs> the bodybuilding field is quite intense. It is quite, you know, it's they judge you on every single muscle and how lean you look. And when you've got autoimmune disease, you often hold on to water. Um, you know, you get a bit bloated from the inflammation going on in your body. So it's been a very interesting journey, but I've loved it. I never stood on stage and felt less than anyone else because of my disease. I've gotten to the point where my mindset was strong enough. I could stand up there and be proud. Um, you know, even though I can't train as hard as everyone else or eat as restrictively as everyone else, because that also puts your body under stress.
0: Yeah, that's amazing too. Because when you think about these bikini fitness shows and bodybuilding, it's usually like, oh, what they do is so unhealthy, and they're all on steroids and all this other stuff. And you physically could not do that, so you had to find the most natural and holistic way to go about it. Yes, absolutely.
1: I think that's something that I, I. I don't enjoy about the industry is how strict it can be and how it is portrayed as this steroid-ridden, you know, industry. I knew from the get-go, people did warn me, watch out, Izzy, you know your health. But I did know from the beginning I was never going to jeopardize my health in order to stand on stage. So as long as I was still feeling okay and still doing things that I felt safe with, um, I would carry on. There were a couple supplements my coach did recommend, things like thermogenics, which just They didn't agree with me. They gave me anxiety. But never once did she ever recommend steroids. And I told her from the beginning, this is about my health. If protein intake gets too high, I'm sorry, but I can't do that. (laughs) So it's all about just me being happy on stage. Of course, everyone wants to win, but doing it in such a healthy way that you can show others that you know what you can reach your health and body goals in a way that isn't detrimental for the long term
0: yeah that's amazing i know that when we we're talking before you said that a lot of this has to do with mindset
1: so could you go into a little bit more about what
0: mindset has to do with all of this let
1: me just do like a quick easy example for now i've worked with a lot of clients who have a lot of weight to lose and they push 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 so hard but then christmas comes or easter comes and they eat all the food again and all the weight piles back on again because they haven't dealt with their inner work their inner mindset and that's what I find found with my, my lupus. So aside from changing diets and exercise, I did a, quite a few detoxes where it was more emotional detox than physical. You know, we worked through inner child healing, journaling, meditation, yoga. And that centered me so much to find, you know, what were my inner stories I was telling myself, my belief systems that had developed over childhood due to school, due to parents. And when I really worked on that and discovered what my, what my beliefs were and what was holding me back I feel like my disease really lifted I don't know if it was the anxiety if it was how I handle the day-to-day but it almost felt like I could see see clearer I could you know there was no more glass mirror that was hiding what what was actually going on I could just see clearly clearly and feel like I'd healed myself to a certain extent
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point that you mentioned too, like you're getting rid of the stress and anxiety and all of that when you're thinking about, okay, I have to deal with this stressful autoimmune disease. When you pile on everything that's going on in your head on top of that, then it could actually make it worse. It could trigger it more. The flare-ups could be worse. So definitely there's a huge mental aspect to it as
1: well. So there's actually research to prove that 80% 80% of autoimmune diseases are triggered by a trauma or stress. So trauma can be anything from a cancer diagnosis, a car accident, losing a family member to walking down the road and being mugged or having your car break down on the side of the road. I mean, trauma, there's so many different levels of it. So it is that initial stage of the is disease starting and then it's dealing with the diagnosis, it's dealing with the day-to-day you basically have to constantly clear those pains, those stresses, those traumas daily. And with the tools that they are available out there to us, it's, it's amazing what it can do for your diagnosis, you know, from beginning throughout to the end, everything. So
0: you mentioned that there's different tools out there. What practices or activities have you found the greatest
1: benefit from? Oh, wow, so many. Um, because my journey has been so long, <laughs> I've had a chance to try so many. So I've worked with energy healers, which, you know, it means you have to rely on other people. But I have loved EFT. And that's that type, tapping practice. Journaling, amazing. Definitely meditation and yoga. So anything that sort of grounds and senses me in the now rather than living in the past. Most of us just live in the past. Walks, hikes, going out into the bush because I live so close to so much nature. I live on the bottom of a mountain. So just being able to get out into nature and be grateful and ground myself is... Definitely a big one.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like anything that brings you back to the present moment of, you know, not staying in the past, but also not freaking out about the future and thinking, oh, how is this going to limit me in these future situations? But just think about, okay, what is happening right now? How can I control
1: right now? Yes, absolutely. It's all about the right now. We can all sit and wonder, like, what happened? How did I get this? What's wrong? And then we can also sit and worry about how long will I live? You know, when's my next flare going to happen? That's so detrimental when do you actually get to live if that's what we you know sit with yeah and that's
0: a lot to take on so I know that this is also going to be a loaded question but when you realize that you have all these negative self-talk and negative
1: doubts how do you improve your mindset like how
0: do you personally talk to yourself
1: it takes time and practice but I got to the point where I learned that self-love and actually really loving myself is the key to my healing journey I learned to talk to myself with a lot like a lot less strict or a lot less pain I would often say I'm not worthy I'm not good enough I'd push myself to do so much push my limits where now I kind of just look at myself in the mirror and I say you know what it's okay I'm still worthy I am lovable I love myself I accept myself as I am and it does take time to do that at first when people do start practicing that it is so painful it's amazing how painful it can be to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I really do love you. It took me time. But that is for me. Yeah, that was a deep breath that that Yeah, (laughs) that's the change.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that's a huge change too. like some people never get to that or it takes them half their life. Because, you know, the first things that we notice about our bodies or ourselves are all the things wrong with it or all the ways that we can compare ourselves where that's never going to help you. That's not going to help change what you want to fix so definitely that acceptance part of it
1: yeah definitely and it's knowing where these all came from so your worthiness your lovableness if that's even a word uh is all sort of given to us before we're 7 years old i think it's what they say the whole child programming you know where you start to learn your worth you start to learn who you are and when you learn that those people who spoke to you in certain ways or you know maybe dad shouts at you because you didn't do your homework so you feel unworthy that isn't their fault either. It is never a blame game. It's just a matter of reparenting ourselves and relearning that. You know, that teacher at school who said that to us when we read our homework wasn't pinpointing that we're not worthy. You know, if your father's saying you didn't do your homework, it wasn't him saying you're not lovable. So it's just changing that story, rewriting those programs and knowing that, you know what, we're all just living We're all just running through our own programs. We're all victims of victims and we are good enough. We are worthy. We can get through it and change our stories. We change that programming.
0: Yeah, because what happens too is that people get so set in how they've Envision themselves. And so, a lot of people, you know, if they aren't used to going to the gym, they always tell themselves, like, oh, well, I'm not someone that works out. I'm not someone who's in shape or active. And they're just so ingrained in that image of themselves that, yeah, it is really hard to change for them.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. If that's what you're telling yourself, then how is it ever going to change? Oh, I hate running. And then your friend invites you for a run and it feels so painful. Maybe if you decided that run was going to feel good, it would have felt good. It really is amazing how all these little things we tell ourselves create our results.
0: So I know that now you're at a much more positive space, but if you feel yourself falling back into old patterns, is there anything that you do or that you say to yourself?
1: Oh yeah. So the simplest, I actually had to do it yesterday because I had quite a high anxiety day with around my businesses and (laughs) the whole COVID situation. I actually just switch off. I could say I journal and I meditate, but what I actually just needed to do yesterday was switch off the laptop, not even think about what activity to make it better, but to just sit. You know, I switched on the TV, I cleaned the floor, I just walked around the house and just took hold of whatever I could and wanted to do in that moment. So it's not even putting pressure on yourself to get through it, but to just sit, you know, sit with that emotion, sit with what you're feeling and let it pass. We don't live there, we don't unpack our bags and live in that in that feeling, um, but we just sit let let those emotions come in and oh, do what you need to do. You know,
0: I love that because you're almost like I had all these overwhelming things to focus on, and I decided that I didn't need to do any of them at that moment. That you could do nothing for yourself, and that that would actually
1: make you happier than just checking off
0: another thing from the to do list.
1: It's almost like putting the pressure on yourself. Okay, well, I don't feel good. Let me meditate right now. Let me go on a walk. Let me journal. Let me, you know, let me watch a motivational TV show or, no, just be kind to yourself and sit. If you need to sit, watch TV. If you need to, I think we we are too hard hard on ourselves, right? We just need to be kind.
0: Yeah, because sometimes that is what you need to do. Just turn it off, give yourself a breather. Because yeah, things like meditation, journaling, they have a huge positive aspect to it too but at the same time you know it could just be another thing that you're adding on so definitely taking inventory of what you
1: need to do in that moment just you know whatever work is there needs to be done it can be done tomorrow the meditation and journaling it can be done when you feel more like doing it yeah just listening too many of us don't listen to ourselves listen to what we really really need
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so do you have a specific routine that you like to follow where you wake up and you know you should do this for your body, or are you someone who does just go with the flow and see how you're feeling that day?
1: I completely go with the flow. So I would say most, day of, most days of the week, I get up, I journal, I do a bit of a meditation or listen to an affirmation track. There's other days of the week, you know, the other half of the week where I just lie in, grab my lemon water sit for a bit send out emails to make sure I, sometimes I feel like getting emails done first thing in the morning makes me feel better other mornings I feel like doing some journaling first thing in the morning makes me feel better so I wake up and just listen into what is it that I need right then and there
0: yeah that's awesome and then I know that it has been a while since you've had your diagnosis but what part of it do you struggle with the most living day-to-day
1: I think it's the not knowing so as you said earlier like we do most of us with autoimmune disease look normal Um, you know most days we don't really feel normal but I think it's the not knowing as much as I look after myself and I do everything I can for myself what will my life look like in 10 years from now so that's why I try to focus on just the now to not sit in fear and not wonder about that but I reckon that's probably one of the the main sort of pain points most of us with autoimmune sit with you know we might be okay today but what happens five five years from now what happens when I have children if I decide that so yeah trying not to think too much about the future (laughs) yeah
0: because you definitely have that as a fear in the back of your mind but you're like okay I don't need to pay too much attention to that now because what you are doing day to day is trying to set you up for the best success you can. So there's nothing more that you could be doing right now. So it's kind of just being aware of it, but not dwelling on it.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I just love to take what you're telling me and then seeing like, okay, this is how I can apply that to my life. Because obviously, I'm not in the same situation as you. I don't have an autoimmune disease. But there's different aspects I feel like in everyone's body and everyone's life where there are different flare-ups and even though they aren't as serious I can definitely learn a lot from you and from your mindset of saying like okay I just have to stop telling myself this one story in my head and change that
1: narrative because it doesn't just apply to disease as you said I mean it applies to just everyone's day-to-day and it can help you avoid disease it can help you avoid anxiety it can help avoid you getting into situations with your body and fitness that you don't want to. So yeah, definitely it applies to everyone.
0: Yeah, that is great. And then my last question for you is I know that you're a coach now. So if someone were to come to you and start working with you, what's the first piece of advice you give them? What's the first thing that you start working on with your clients?
1: The first thing I start working on, and I only recently implemented it, is working on our why and our beliefs. So That's a lot of mindset work. It's figuring out, you know what, if we're going to sit and work through diet or changing your inflammation in your body for your disease, we need to know why and what you believe around your health story. So that's always the beginning.
0: Yeah. So that way you can kind of get them to transform that belief because I'm sure that if they're coming to you for help, then they're not in a place that they want to be in.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I actually told my last client, I had a call with her yesterday that... Um, you know what I could have given you a great eight week crash diet um, because you've got polycystic ovaries and I could have given you a really intense workout program we might have shifted some weight but at the end of the day if you decide to not work with me in two months time you're going to go back to old habits so let's try and figure out where your pain points sit where your beliefs sit so that we can shift that and we can slowly decide that you love your body you want to eat healthier and then that's what you do it's not a, I have to, but a, I want to.
0: I love that. That's so powerful too, because then, you know, you're not just a coach that they rely on for creating them diets and meal plans, but you're like, okay, here are the tools that you're going to take with you for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's all about those tools. They are so vital. We need to have them in our back pockets for whenever anything goes wrong. <laughs>
0: Yes. And so I just wanted to give you a minute here now to explain the different coaching that you offer and how people could find out more about you.
1: Perfect. Thank you. So at the moment, I am more focused on the autoimmune mindset sort of programs. I am launching a autoimmune healing program on the 6th of July we begin, and it's all around how we can change our beliefs, our traumas, our ingrained stories to heal. Each week we go through guest calls, we go through one-on-one calls, a whole bunch of homework, worksheets and handouts to actually, you know, work through it, not just Izzy told me to do X, Y, Z, you've actually got work to do to help you heal and I do believe after the five weeks everyone will feel so much more stable in their emotions, actually feel more accepting of their bodies and of their diagnosis and that really has been a true passion of mine because the ladies I have worked with one-on-one have made such amazing shifts by working on their mindset. So I've actually just changed my program all into mindset work.
0: Wow. I love that because you are focused on holistic healthiness and the mindset starts with that. And that's usually what people neglect to work on.
1: Yeah, it is the hard work if you think about it. And we can always just say, I want to go in gym. Let me find a gym plan that I enjoy. But the hard work is actually facing our stories, facing our our demons inside that hold us back.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then where can they find you on social media?
1: So my Instagram handle is izzy.healthandfitness, and I do have a holistic health coaching Facebook page. I'm just holistic coaching autoimmune with Izzy.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Izzy. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at underscore Emily Kaufman at underscore Emily Kaufman. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you. And this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time.